This is Rocks and Dirt, a Tuxedo Cats production. I'm Mike. I'm here with Todd. You'll be playing the role of producer. Am I correct? Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. He pushes the buttons. And Steve is our color commentator. Good evening, Steve. You're looking well. Hello. Is there uh, anybody in there? Uh, <laughs> not if you can hear me. <laughs> That's, thank you very much. Not N O D, not N O T. That's a Pink Floyd line. N O D, yeah. Nice segue into our band tonight, our London based Pink Floyd, our band of choice tonight. I had no idea they go all the way back to 1965. Uh, we'll get into that. The many albums of David Gilmour, Roger Waters, uh, uh, Nick Mason, and Richard Wright, the primary four. But Steve, they started off with a guy named Sid Barrett. What happened to him? Sid Barrett. Uh, he was their original leader, guitar player, uh, singer, songwriter. Richard Wright sang too. They were called the Pink Floyd. Like a lot of the psychedelic bands. Oh, all right. They were the Pink Floyd in the 60s. Everything I read from back then. The Pink Floyd. Yeah. But he was their leader, and he was, uh, they called him a genius, but he, he wrote some of their early hits. They were hits in, in Great Britain and Europe. Uh, See Emily play, Arnold Lane, and their first album, The Piper at the Gates of Dawn, recorded at Abbey Road, about the same time that the Beatles recorded Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. They were the hot new band on EMI. And Sid Barrett, uh, he just did one record with them, and when they went on tour, he, I don't know if it was probably substances and he just changed he had he was getting to be very unreliable so they got Sid Barrett's school friend schoolmate David Gilmore to fill in and sing and play guitar and they attempted to have both of them on guitar and vocals but that didn't really that work, didn't out. work out. so they had to <laughs> Sid just couldn't the the line in, in this in the song uh brain damage where he says in it the band you're in starts playing different tunes yeah roger waters i think wrote that about their experiences with sid trying to play a gig with him yeah he was playing a completely different song than the other guys so i always love that line if the band you're in starts yeah, playing different tunes where can, yeah. i think the song brain damage is about sid of course it, wish you were here is about sid too anybody who's ever been in a band knows that feeling when your band starts playing different tunes yeah. <laughs> there's, there's an adjustment that has now, to take place right? you're playing this song i'm playing this one. yeah so so there you go uh there were Pink Floyd in the 60s. Pink Floyd. They didn't Barrett. start making albums until 1967. Uh, 15 studio albums, all told, plus three live albums and nine compilations. In uh, 1967, they did them every year. They did two in 69. All to say, by the time 1973 comes around, their eighth album is Dark Side of the Moon. And that's where I come in. And I think that's where most people come in on Pink Floyd. Except Steve. Well, yeah, and, not, and you know what's really great? We didn't even tell Steve we were doing Pink Floyd today. <laughs> he just knows this stuff. <laughs> that's why we have Steve, yes. to fill us in on these details that most people aren't familiar with. So there's Pink Floyd and Dark Side of the Moon, their eighth album. And I guess, I don't know, was it their biggest seller? Maybe The Wall exceeded? Uh, it's either, it's either dark, I, I believe Dark Side of the Moon may still have the edge over The Wall. Yeah, But I... In, as a kid in the 70s, I'd, I'd always heard of Pink Floyd and seen the T-shirts and posters with the, you know, the, the, the pyramid with the rainbow going through it. It was something that, that my friend's older brothers were always into, or yeah. like, kind of like Led Zeppelin. I mean, I didn't really hear them on the radio back then, not until I was 11 and Another Brick in the Wall was all over the radio. And, right. And the album, and by that time, I was listening to you know Q102 and KZEW out of Dallas, these rock album stations. And they'd play other songs from the wall, like 
uh, Comfortably Numb or Run Like Hell or uh, what's the other one? Uh, Hey, hey you. you. Hey You. Yeah, that was they played that a lot. Off, off of, uh, that's off the wall? Yeah, they're okay. off the wall. And, that's, and then I went back a couple of years later and I always heard about Dark Side of the Moon and Animals and Wish You Were Here and they're amazing. They're three of my favorite albums. Now. How can an album be number one in the U.S. but not have a number one song? Money was a top 20 single in the U.S., but the album was number one in the U.S. They were an album band. They weren't really a hit. It was another brick in the wall in 1980. Another Brick and Wall Part Two actually went to uh, number one in, in the United States. And, it's the uh, only al- this is the only song they they're, ever. They're had. still considered an album band. They weren't really a singles band like like a lot of other. All groups. they did, although they did have several they singles. Put out singles, yes. Yeah, like like everybody else. But uh, you know, 250 million albums sold altogether. And uh, Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, Animals, and The Wall. Those are the four that I know. Anything before that? Anything after that? Uh, I'm not familiar with D- Division Bell. I had that. It had a, a couple of good songs on it, but it had Gilmore playing the guitar, you know. Yeah. So, and he was singing. But you know what? It wasn't as political because Waters was not right. writing the lyrics. So Gilmore's wife was writing the lyrics. I think. Yeah. Really? I believe so. And, and Gilmore <laughs> what? Wrote the music. Oh yeah. 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 And Roger Waters later on, he'd, he'd make fun of that, saying it's like Spinal Tap. Of course, wife writes the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, you know, bickering in the press. So if you look at their uh, chronology and their history, it's 1965 to 1995, and then they split. And then, of course, they, they had collaborations, and then we're all pursuing solo careers. Looks like they briefly... And Waters left in the mid-'80s, so that really changed a lot. Yeah. Because he was the main writer. 2005, they came back together, and they did a couple things between 2012 and 2014, and then that's it. But my goodness, uh, you look at the list of singles, and then uh, the Tuxedo Cats, we're, we're playing a handful of them, too. It seems that our, our pure rock fans tend to like them too uh the ones that uh, really like the rock because you know i guess they're not a band that a lot of people play a lot of hey um you have something else there you want to do no go ahead uh, my buddy joe is a pink floyd fan we're going to get him on for sports but he, okay. he likes David i'll let him Gilmore. chime in yeah is that okay let me sure. see if i can get him on the phone uh i gotta do this and then um <laughs> ladies and gentlemen What's up? Hey, this is Joe. It's Joe. Hey, hey Joe, it's Joe's Todd. here. Hey, hey Joe. Hey, hey. Joe, this is Mike, and this is Steve, and of course, this is Todd, and we're doing the Rocks and, and uh, what's it called? Rocks, oh, and, Dirt, Rocks and Dirt broadcast. <laughs> hey, we were just talking about Pink Floyd, and so listen, guys, I, um, I was in, Joe and I go to church together, and he come up to me one day, and he goes, you know who David Gilmore is? And I'm like, wait a minute, is this a trick question? <laughs> <Do> I? <laughs> I just happen to have his phone number here. And I go, yeah, I like David Gilmore and Pink Floyd, but I think you'd probably seen like a David Gilmore special or something. Tell us what you know about David Gilmore. And he sounded like Todd. <laughs> Just like I wrote it. <laughs> yeah. Todd plays those solos really well. Yeah. Actually, is it a kind of a neat story, but my brother had just passed away, and I was up late one night just flipping through the channel trying to find something to ease my mind and I come on David Gilmore and the first song he played was I Wish You Were Here Bald Like a Baby mm-hmm. yeah yeah and yeah. Honest with you, you played it not too long ago when y'all were doing your little yeah. concert from, oh yeah you, when you get there I started bawling my again 
matter with you? I said, I'll talk to you about it. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you thought what. I was crying because you were playing, but <laughs> she said, she said, he's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody can relate. Anybody who's ever lost somebody, which is ever, just about everybody, can relate to that. Uh, that song is such a heartfelt message. Uh, wish you were here, David Gilmore, uh, the primary songwriter, I guess, for the Pink Floyd team. Uh, on that song. Well, on that yeah, song. On that song. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's uh, touched a lot of hearts, mine included. Uh, Joe, are you familiar with any other Pink Floyd? Not particularly. Okay, so that's the one that, that strikes your bell. Yeah. Well, just trust yeah. me, it's all good. Yeah. That's what I say. It's, it's worth investigating. Of Speaking of bail, there's another song they played where they ding the bell. I could kind of picture myself while y'all were playing ringing that bell. Yeah. Yeah, when we get a, when we get a big old bell, we're gonna get Joe to come yeah, ring that. Yeah. <laughs> Just let me know I have to practice. <laughs> Bing. Okay, so I wanted to uh, uh, encourage people to go to the tuxedocats.com. We are selling T-shirts, and uh, I'm in the process of getting a page on the tuxedocats.com for T-shirts and coffee mugs and all kinds of things like that. And right now, masks. Yeah, for, masks. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, until that page is ready, you can go to Todd at thetuxedocats.com and uh, send, send me a message, and we'll get right on it and get T-shirts out, get your sizes and all that kind of stuff and settle up. And, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh. This advertisement brought to you by the TuxedoCats.com. So we're talking sports tonight, uh, Joe, and I understand that you're a Chiefs fan. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, and more, uh, maybe even more so of late. As our own Patrick Mahomes has made the big, the big transition from superstar to superstar status on steroids. <laughs> well, hopefully not. No. I don't think he's on steroids. Uh, let's clarify. Yeah, just in terms of his uh, salary, certainly, figuratively. Um, yeah, I changed. I changed the tribes two years ago. <laughs> I, was, I was a Redskin fan for years. So, what made you go to the Chiefs? Pat Mahomes. Okay, so he he wasn't the reason for that. Uh, five hundred million dollars plus. What? what? Isn't it five hundred million? I wish I knew him better now. Over ten years. Yeah, Is that right. A five hundred million dollar contract over ten years or so. And here's what I'm thinking, Joe. I'm thinking, I I, I can be I could be at least a thousand times worse than Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. If, if I I should have tried out because you know. If I'm a thousand times worse, that's still five hundred thousand dollars for me. <laughs> I think. I think. Hey, you know, I, I haven't sat and figured it out, but can you imagine how much he makes just for one play? Well, yeah, yeah you do the math, and it really starts to become kind of mind. blowing Every minute of every game pays how much, Steve? Have you got that? 90. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> he's already won a Super Bowl. He's hey, I got a. I got yeah, a, he was in a perfect position. I got a Mahomes story. I don't mean to get off of sports so quickly, but uh, he was at our show the other day. Yeah, sure was. We yeah. went and played at a golf tournament. Golf tournament. Yeah. Hey, how did he do in that golf tournament? Did you notice? I don't know how to read golf scores, but somebody told me how they worked, and I kind of looked at his. But they looked pretty good. The numbers were. I don't know if he won. Of course, he's in. A, he was just in a big celebrity golf tournament just recently, playing against you know Tony Romo, who usually wins it, and a bunch of other athletes and celebrities. Tony Romo. Hey, that's America's team there. He was playing with some classy people. Yeah. Right, Joe? Yeah. Tony <laughs> yeah. come uh, close to being a pro at one time. What, a pro quarterback? Pro golfer. <laughs> oh, now, okay. he, 
He wasn't a pro quarterback. He played for the Cowboys. I thought that's where you were going with it. Yeah, that's funny. Now, now Patrick Mahomes, so he's the reason you became a Chiefs fan. And understandably, he's a local guy. A lot of people in this area. Yeah, a lot of people love him. And, of course, Super, I love watching. Super Bowl now. He's uh, in perfect position to, to go to the next level. Uh, $500 million. $500 million. It's hard to even say, let alone comprehend. And, and I'll never forget, uh, after the, the contract was made, the next morning in the paper, it said Patrick Mahomes uh, signs deal for $500 million plus, and he says, it's not about the money. And I yeah. thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. It may be about other things as well, but to say it's not about the money, come on. I mean, you know, they, like didn't, they didn't sign me. They didn't sign Well, it feels you know, like he's part of a family, you know, and yeah. he really loves the well, organization sure. and Andy Reid and... But it's about other things as well. So you make a good point. There, are, there's, there's, uh, you know, they're trying to, you know, say they trust in him and they're giving him integrity yeah. and like that. But it's, it's about the money too. I mean, don't just say it's. Not, so that is a lot of money. I mean, yeah. they're all making a lot of money, but it, that ceiling is just never ending. It's never, has anybody ever made more? Who makes more? No. He's the one. He's the one. Is he top? Every year it gets I think topped. So I think maybe Mike Trout was uh, the highest paid athlete professional athlete before. Yeah, of, i read that somewhere as of last year maybe you know every yeah, year it gets like, it gets crashed that ceiling is just endless he should hire a band i don't know how much he's worth as far as endorsements he might be worth more than that he's just getting started yeah and i don't say it to be just like i got anything against him i'm i guess i'm jealous i don't know i'm but, amazed i didn't even know this yeah but 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 don't tell me it's not about money that's not that's not even honest is that a half a billion that's a half, half a, billion. a billion yeah yeah it's not about the money. it's only a half a billion <laughs> i mean I, I i hope that he does well and i hope he doesn't get injured because that changes everything but uh, the chiefs are in a good position to go you know even farther to repeat i suppose you know his dad's from lindell yeah. Hey, hey, Joe. Do you know those guys? A pro pitcher. Yeah, that's. I, I thought I've known his dad since he was in high school. Really? And I was real close friends with his with his dad, his grandfather. No kidding. And mother. But I followed his dad when he played baseball. He played for the Twins. I remember that. And they would come play the Rangers, and we'd go to all their games. And then when he played for the Mets, I'd go to Houston to watch when they played the Astros. We went down there one time. We were down there, me and another guy were talking to him, and uh, little Pat was out. I think he was about nine years old, and he was out there throwing the ball around with all the other guys. He uh, got ready to leave. He asked us to carry little Pat up to his mom. So really? I, got to, I got to carry him one time. <laughs> Look at there. Well, Pat... Senior, I guess, his dad played uh, t-ball with my nephew, Lynn. Yeah. Brush with greatness. We'll go way back. Little Pat, when he played t-ball, he he was so good then, nobody wanted to play first base because he threw the ball so hard. He played <laughs> somebody. Well, it's cool knowing, uh, have, at least have some connection with a, a local hero like that, and you can go say you knew him when, and we wish Patrick yeah. Mahomes all the best, and the, maybe the Chiefs can repeat this year. It won't be because Joe wasn't cheering for him. Well, I think he's good for pro sports, period, if he keeps his head straight. And, you know, he's he's one of those kind that he tries to recognize everybody signing these autographs as he can. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Like that. Well, yeah. Joe, um, I set you up in everything. I've given you every opportunity to say what, <laughs> how you really feel about the Cowboys if you want to, if you want to take well, it. Cowboys versus Chiefs, who are you going for? Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs>
But a lot of people in East Texas probably are. Probably going to go for yeah, yeah. We're and I believe they're going. Believe they are going to play this year against each other. I think other. they are scheduled against each in other. Dallas. In Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be good. You going to go to that game? I doubt it. I know y'all been to the stadium. I've been there. The last I counted was thirty-five times. What? That's just that's just for high school football games. Oh, the new stadium. Well, it's been there eleven years now. Yeah. You've been to the yeah, new stadium thirty-five times. No, no. Oh, it has. We yeah. still call it. The it's new. not new anymore. I've been there every once. Year, every year I go, I stay Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and watch the state championships every year, even when it was in the old stadium. Hey, let me tell you about the time that we played at the uh, owner's suite at the uh, new stadium, what I call the I'll new stadium. I'll bring that up. Yeah, I, know, you, I noticed you brought that up. Let me tell you who we saw. Did we see anybody? We, we saw, saw nobody. We, we saw um, the team. We watched a little of the game. Uh, what's the owner's name? Uh, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones's wife. <laughs> Made an so appearance. you don't even know the Oh, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Jean Jones. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, what's her name? Wait, her name is Jean Jones. Jean Jones came out and checked to make sure the wires were, were run neatly and properly around the stage. Uh, yeah. She's very particular about how the band looks. I think I was in the restroom. I think we were close <laughs> to his daughter's suite, I believe. That's yeah. What, that's, well, what, we, that's what I was told. We were right in front of Ross Perot's suite, but I didn't see Ross Perot. And you know what? That was Houston and Dallas, and Dallas yeah. won that game. There were more Texans fans there, too, because the Cowboys, they made the playoffs that year, but they weren't expected to. Nobody expected them to be any good. So they sold a lot of the season ticket holders sold their tickets to the opposing team's fans, and so there were a lot more yeah. Texans fans that game. <laughs> And the Cowboys won in overtime. What I remember about that, Todd texted me a picture of y'all standing on the sideline. Yeah. I looked at it. I said, what, what are you doing there? You don't even know You don't even know what a football is. I don't even like football. Why are you at the cow, Why are you at a Cowboy game? You got a gig, man. You got a gig. On the sideline on top of that. How did you do that? I got some great pictures from the sideline. Yeah. Well, the TuxedoCats.com for all the information about the Tuxedo Cats. Joe has been our special guest today talking Cowboys, Chiefs, and Pink Floyd. Thanks, Joe, for joining us today. You enjoyed it. For Steve and Todd, <laughs> I'm Mike. Thank you for joining us. This has been Rocks and Dirt. It's a Tuxedo Cats production. Good night, Lois.